What's up, Chuckers? Welcome to Catch This Podcast. I'm Kick, and I'm here with uh, Nook, as always. Howdy. But this time we also have with us a knife thrower, Loic. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. So, my name's Loic. Uh, I'm 21 years old. I'm French. Uh, I'm living in the southwest of the country. Uh, so, basically, um, I've been throwing knives for seven and a half years now. Uh, I specialize in no-spin throwing, um, which is a, a technique that allows you to throw your knife without any rotation and without having to care about your distances. How'd you get into that? I was, um, I was over at a friend, and we were supposed to go uh, skating that day. And he um, was actually throwing knives uh, in his backyard. So uh, I saw that, and uh, I thought, man, I really have to try that. So I did, and and we actually never went skating that day, and I, I threw knives for like five, six hours straight. <laughs> As you know, this is a podcast about slinging. Uh, can you tell us uh, your experience with, with the sling? Uh, so um, I was on Instagram, and I, I came across the um, sling one page. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, Man, I really have to try that. So uh, I contacted um, Matt, uh, the owner of Slingwam, uh, and a few days later, I received my first slings. He sent me uh, an 80 inches and a 60 inches, and um, from that moment, I was totally hooked. Uh, and then I got a smiley sling from Channing, uh, Practical Paracord on YouTube, and um, his craftsmanship was out of this world. I loved it, and I actually use it every day. And that one, the smile thing, was really a game changer for me. How long is it you've been slinging for? It's only in the last year or so. Uh, if it was, uh, I think it was this summer. Yeah. Like around uh, end of July, early August, something like that. Seeing how quickly you've managed to like get a lot of power and accuracy is pretty amazing to see. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on here is because you have that experience of being still quite new to slinging but you have a lot of history in throwing other stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's it. it looked like one of the first things you did was uh put a knife in your sling too yep <laughs> you know my, my approach to knife throwing is always being creative and, and have fun and um I, I was slinging rocks and stuff and i thought i was with my friend lucas and we were throwing knives and um i got him to throw rocks with a sling too and, and that day we actually uh, tried to put a knife in the pocket and see what happens and the magic actually happened after like uh, maybe 20 30 tries uh it was like a trick shot actually and we we stuck a knife and he just went home i was still in my backyard and i put a knife in there and i just threw it and like in five five minutes boom there there it was it was pretty amazing to see that you managed to pull that off because i mean uh i have enough trouble throwing stuff that is usually thrown in slings let alone <laughs> knives and other more unusual ammo so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's really hard and it, it's it's not something that you can repeat but just find the right the right thing to do the the movement how to uh you know pull your arm back and stuff and it was it was really challenging just to to find out how to how to uh, fling a knife and from from that moment uh, it was just about accuracy and a little bit of luck. I think we're all quite used to uh, the idea of having a bit of luck on our side with slinging. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely the mantra of most slingers, uh, certainly myself included. So so Loic, do you have a background in baseball at all? Uh, so. I actually started baseball two years ago. Okay. Um, I, I, w I was focused on throwing my knives as hard and as fast as I can. And um, I had a friend of mine, uh, 
baseball coach uh, over in Boston. And um, he actually said to me, uh, dude, you really have to, to do some baseball because uh, you have the arm. And I just picked up a baseball and started throwing and was hooked. And I did it over and over again. And I finally joined my uh, local club. Uh, and yeah, it's been two years. Okay, so you started throwing knives before you started baseball. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And and you got into throwing baseballs because of throwing knives. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Now, did baseball change your approach or your thinking about throwing at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, the, um, I went to the store, I bought uh, a baseball, and I was like, okay, I really need to figure out how this worked because... It was actually very technical. Uh, so uh, I went home. I started watching a lot of videos, a lot of techniques. And um, there's like uh, so much data, so much uh, books, so much stuff about baseball and how to throw correctly uh, a baseball. And it really changed my, my approach to, to everything. And um, especially knife throwing because throwing a baseball and throwing a knife no spin uh, is the exact opposite. Opposite, and it was really hard to do the transition to baseball and to knife throwing and and vice versa. Interesting. So, so I know you've got a a passion for the biomechanics side of of throwing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because as I said, baseball is very technical. So I really, really had to understand how the body works, and so I came across. A lot of books, PDF files, and and studies, and all that stuff, and uh, I really, I really got into it. And so, has any of that transferred to slinging as well? Um, so it's yes, uh, actually, slinging was pretty easy for me because um, in sports in general, uh, I'm a really good mimic. Uh, when I see something, a move, um, I can easily do it. And slinging was uh, was like just and adding a, a cord to my arm was uh, was actually very natural. Yeah. What would what would you say is the major difference between just throwing a rock, throwing a ball versus uh, slinging a rock or a ball? Um, uh, the main thing is um, you are not in contact uh, with the thing uh, you throw, so you have the. Um, uh, you have your sling in your arm, and you have your ball, your rock, your stone, whatever. And the hardest thing is the really sport, because I'm I'm not throwing directly with my arm, and uh, the sling is between my uh, my fingers and the object I'm throwing. That's that's really the main difference. It is quite interesting hearing you talk about it because these are all the sorts of things that we've we've been that have been talked about in slinging for years. That um, so it's quite it's quite sort of good that someone who has like a background in throwing things has sort of come to these same conclusions. Um, that is kind of the hardest thing is that you don't have you don't have that sort of fine control that you do with like a baseball or yeah. with a knife where you can control exactly where it's going. Like when it as soon as you've let go of the release cord, the sling is going to do what it wants <laughs> what it wants to do really. Yeah. Um, so you don't have as much of that control. So, yeah, yeah, it's not the same control. It's not the same feeling. Um, you, you're not in direct contact with the thing you throw, and that's the hardest part. Yeah, there's also that time delay from the time you let go with your hand to the time it releases from the pouch. Yeah. And that uh, if that's not consistent, then neither is your throw. Exactly, yeah. And with the extra added length as well, that also affects... Like, it's not you're, not... you're releasing at a different time than you would normally with a throw because it's at that greater arc so mm. yeah it's it does come down to timing really the, the timing actually was really hard for me um the, the few um the first few days because the the, the first thing i had was um, an 80 inches thing which is very long and um yeah that's really I, long. Yeah. yeah i didn't know when to release uh the the ball and it was flying every the the, the mechanics were good but the the end results were, were like flying all over the place. It was really hard. And then I got the sixty inch, uh, the sixty inches uh, slings, uh, the one from Matt and the one from Channing, and it was way, way, way better for me. That's what I found as well. Like 
you can be really good with one sling and but as soon as you switch to a different sling it takes some time to then like adjust because it's such a different like angle of release timing yeah. and everything so exactly yeah yeah it's not just the length of the sling but also the stiffness of the pouch and the stiffness of the cords and the way that the uh the release is done and all there's a there's a lot of different factors that all play into that and those those tiny little subtle things can have a huge difference on how the sling behaves interesting which which is why if you take two slings and try to sling them back to back it takes a while to adjust from one to the other yeah i don't know if you've tried that yeah and that's the same thing with knife throwing you can have a similar knife like same length same same weight and everything but the shape of it the mass um like the mass distribution yeah, yeah exactly the mass distribution and you can be good with a knife, and then you you pass on to another one, and you just suck. Yeah, <laughs> it takes like like a few minutes to adjust, and same thing with the sling. Yeah, yeah. So in in preparation for talking to you, I actually went out and built a knife target. Yeah, so cool. I've had some throwing knives since I was I don't know twelve or thirteen years old, and uh, dusted those off. Went out and did a little bit of throwing. Uh, tried tried the no spin. It it's not easy, that's for sure. Actually, no spin is not natural for you to throw. You have to release early. You have to uh, to brush the spine with your index finger. There's a bunch of things that's really hard and not natural for someone to throw something. Yeah, yeah. The uh, my my background is uh, I'm an engineer trained also in physics, and so you know, thinking of it as a physicist, mm. uh, basically you're trying to push on the center of mass. Uh, because any any offset at all is going to cause a rotation. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You have to learn where the center of mass is and how how to push. It's one thing to understand that you need to do that. It's another thing to actually do it with with your body. And that, that's what I said to people because they're like, oh, I'm over rotating all the time. And what I say to them is um, find the um, find the balance point of your knife and put your index on it. So on a good no spin knife. It's usually in the center. Yeah, like I said, I haven't I haven't actually thrown knives in a while, other than other than dusting them off and trying to uh, trying to refamiliarize myself uh, before having this conversation, which I haven't haven't done enough. But it uh, I forgot how much fun it is. One of the things that we haven't really talked about on this podcast yet that I think is is probably much more clear in knife throwing than slinging, but is true for both, is the importance of a good target. Yep. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So with with knife throwing, it always helps to have something like a stump or you know, a block of wood where the grain uh, allows the knife to stick easily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that gives you a very clear indication of whether you're you're uh, sticking your point correctly and and so on. In slinging, it's not talked about as much, but having a target period, something that you know you're throwing at. Uh, I would argue makes makes a big difference in terms of building up your your slinging skills as well. Mm. Uh, it's it's not so much about sticking it per se, but just uh, in terms of accuracy and the the timing on the sling. If you think about it, basically, if you think of your arm as moving in a circle. Sorry, I you know way back at the beginning of this this show, I promised Kick I wouldn't nerd out too much, and so I'm I think I've broken that promise pretty much every show. <laughs> So uh, here's here's your warning on nerding out. Sorry, Kick. I, I might just edit it all out. You yeah, that that Let's is see. true. You do have the uh, the almighty edit key. So I'm, I'm gonna just nerd away here. Yeah, if you if you think about uh, your arm as if if you simplify it to where you think about it moving in a circle, then if you add a sling to that, that's just making the circle bigger. And the bigger that circle is, if it's moving at the, if you're moving at the same angular rate. Uh, then, then you're moving over a much larger distance, and yeah. uh, mm. so the sling allows you to throw things faster than you could you know, with just your hand. But at the same time, as you're swinging around that circle, a very, very small change in timing can have a big difference in where you're hitting the target. Uh -huh. Yeah. And so, uh, just a small delay, you know, a fraction of a second, uh, can make the difference between hitting the bullseye and missing the target entirely. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. And the difference can be the timing between when you let go of the sling and when the sling opens and releases the ammo. Mm. So, so there's some, some real challenges in the timing, first in getting it consistent, and then 
uh, adjusting to it. And actually, the, the human brain is pretty good at adapting to a consistent timing offset. Uh, it's the inconsistency that makes slinging accuracy uh, really hard, in my opinion. Because that's, that's something that modern slingers all struggle with, is how do you make the sling more accurate? Yeah, definitely. And, and I really think that there's a lot in the biomechanics realm that is untapped in, as far as the slinging community goes. Mm-hmm. That's why it's been so interesting seeing both you and Channing, who has a background in mm-hmm. baseball throwing and is quite... He has that technical knowledge of how to throw a baseball, and he brings that to slinging. So having these people that coming in now and becoming more acquainted with slinging is quite interesting for all of us that have been slinging for a lot longer that don't have that uh, background so much uh, that we can now sort of see how how you guys are doing it mm. and how you are getting uh, that sort of bringing that knowledge to slinging. It's been quite interesting to see. I think I, I started making a point and then completely shifted mid-sentence there. Uh, <laughs> I do that all the time. I, I know. I'm. It's it's uh, 5.30 in the morning here in Texas, too. I haven't had my coffee yet. But uh, <laughs> what I was trying to say was, in terms of slinging, uh, the importance of a good target is having good visual feedback on where your sling goes relative to a specific point. Because a lot of people, when they first start slinging, they get excited about how easy it is to throw something really fast and really far. And so they'll just start chucking rocks as far as they can throw them. And you don't really care so much about accuracy when you're doing that. And actually accuracy over a long range becomes uh, much more complicated because now you you have to consider the spin of the uh, ammunition and, and wind effects and other things as well. But if you're throwing at you know 10 to 20 meters and trying to maintain accuracy, then if you don't have a good target where you know you know whether you're on or off, yes. then you're not ever going to really get good at perfecting that timing and tightening up your uh, your biomechanics to make the shot. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. It's it, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, for for me, I used to goof off in the backyard all the time. I'd throw a tennis ball for my dog. And then as soon as I got a target, I could I could see and get that feedback, and I started to notice patterns in how I was missing, and then my shots started to tighten up. What I do all the time is, is film myself. Just, uh, I put my phone on a tripod and film in slow motion, and I immediately see where things go wrong, and I can adjust immediately mm-hmm. and be and just be consistent in what I do. That's why I think the Balearic target is quite good the way that they've set it up because like with knife throwing, when you stick the knife, you know that you've done something right. And if you're sticking it where you uh, were aiming at, then that's even better. <laughs> so uh, with slinging, because you are, you're not usually throwing anything pointy enough that's going to stick, having something that can react and show you where you're hitting is quite good. And with the Balearic target, you have the uh, wooden board and then the big metal disc in the center, which really, you know, when you've hit the Diana, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. with slinging, which, uh, I think that's one thing that's, that, like, psychologically, it's very good as well. Cause when you hear that big clang, then it's a really great feeling for it. So that helps as well. So targets are more important than perhaps people realize in quite a few different respects in that. And like you said, f- filming yourself is also very, important like i found that that's that's very useful as well and i've been filming myself and i can see where i've pulled too far or yeah you know not far enough <laughs> well you have to be willing to uh look at yourself in the mirror and realize how bad you are too that's one of the the hard parts exactly. yeah 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 definitely yeah yeah i i think it's it's easy to tend to think you're better than you are until you set up a really good target and see how often you can't even hit a, a four foot wide target. I've always sort of thought that whenever I've seen like video of people slinging, uh, like on YouTube or whatever, I always trust the people that show their misses as well. Like <laughs> I always think, that, like if you if you're showing yourself missing, then it kind of shows that you know you. You're human. Yeah, yeah, that you're human, that it's not just all edited. That Yeah, that's... I mean, I know for myself, I do edit them out sometimes because otherwise it would be a very long video <laughs> with not much actual hits, not not many uh, actual sort of hits on target. But 
I do throw a few in there just to show that I'm not <laughs> I'm not that great. I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, you it's it's easy to 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 think that uh you can control it. I I think I've compared it to golf before mm. where you uh you have this feeling of being in control yeah. just enough that you want to keep doing it. That's part of the addiction of slinging. Uh have you played played any golf, Loic? Not really. I just I just did this for fun. Um uh was like a few years ago uh i found a club um in a huge bin and uh i took it i found an old ball and i just watched like two videos and and, and, and just swung at it and it just felt right and it's super satisfying to just hit the ball and see it go straight i love all that stuff if you think about what's happening with with a golf club i mean you're you're whacking a tiny little ball with a big long stick and if if your biomechanics are off just a little bit, then it's going to not go where you want it to. Yeah. I really think golf is the best analogy because it has that distance from, like we were saying, you don't, you're not in contact with the ball when you're playing golf, you're holding something else and trying to control yeah. that to then control what you're throwing or hitting. So I I do think it's it's probably one of the best analogies for it and I I'm not personally interested really in golf at all but I do understand that wanting to get better at something that you feel you can like get better at even with that distance between what you're what you're doing and what's happening with what you're hitting so mm. I think that is one of the closest closest analogies to slinging so so look you're you're really good at looking at something and then picking it up you know teaching yourself the the mechanics of it uh for if somebody is new to slinging what would you say is the the best way for them to get started with uh with learning how to do it what i what i say to people is just watch people do it um watch videos and just try to do the exact same thing because as i said i just mimic everything that i see and so that's the best way for me to understand something. So watching videos is the best, the best thing. And then practice makes perfect. So you have to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, a strong muscle memory component to it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you, you have to, um, in knife throwing in general, slinging, um, once you're past the, um, the thinking of what you're doing, um, it's it's just fun, you know. You, you you just swing the the sling around your head, and you boom, you 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 just sling it. When I when I show people um, what I do, uh, knife throwing, slinging, and all that stuff, they're like, "Oh wow, I I can do that." But you actually just have to to, to do it, to try it. Yeah, that that's for sure. Yeah, uh, when when you introduce someone to something like that, then. They only see it in that moment. They don't see the hours and hours and hours and days and days and years and years of, yeah. <laughs> of practice beforehand. So especially like even for me, I'm not particularly, I don't think I'm particularly that great at sling, but the fact that I can pick up a sling and know to let go of one end when throwing it is actually more than <laughs> some people that I've met. So they, they're very impressed. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. But I've been doing it for a while now. So it's, it's just practice and doing it every day or trying to do it every day that'll get you good at it it makes perfect yeah <laughs> it's very true so so we've made it uh what half an hour into this conversation so far and there hasn't been a single bit of blood and guts yet uh, <laughs> so I, I think we're gonna need to, to switch gears a little bit here and uh let's do a little bit of comparison between the the knife and the sling yep. uh specifically throwing knives versus versus slinging here Let's talk about which one is better. I think I think both are considered impractical for uh, for a lot of real world scenarios. So let's let's just play the game of pretending that that's not true. And and uh, okay, uh, Lilik, what would you say if if you're in a you know, zombie apocalypse and you have to survive? What would be better for for hunting, catching food, sling or a throwing knife? Huh? Hard question. Um, if I might close distance, um. I'm very confident in not throwing, but when it goes to uh, mean distance, I might go for sling. Uh, and if it's a zombie apocalypse and I can have a like grenade, uh, I would <laughs> definitely use a, a sling to uh, to annihilate them all. <laughs> yeah, 
There you go. <laughs> grenade in a sling is a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're not going to have much if if we're talking about hunting for food. There's not yeah. going to be much food left, although it might already be mm. cooked. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think that is sort of that. There's a thing like uh, it also depends on what you're going for. Like if you're going for like. I think birds, I think a sling is just perfect for hunting birds, really, because if you've got a big flock of them and they're all up in the air, then one, as the saying goes, you can kill two birds with one stone. So (laughs) it's, it it has that, yeah. And and once you, once you have thrown your knife, uh, it's gone. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. One thing I've noticed about knife throwers is they do a lot of walking. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I have an Apple watch and, um, it's funny to see uh, after like uh, maybe one or two hours, I always watch the um, the, the the step the, the step that I made, and I actually uh, like did a few kilometers and a few <laughs> miles just just by going back and forth to my target and, and just do that. That's certainly one of the advantages if you're slinging rocks and and you don't particularly you you haven't fallen in love with those particular rocks so much that you have to recover them, then uh, you don't. You don't have to move around as much to recover your ammunition. Exactly. That's why I love playing because the fact that you can throw something without having to retrieve it, it's just awesome. I'm just like uh, on my house, two sides, I just pick up a rock and just poof, just sling it and it's gone and I don't care if I do that with my knives. Yeah. Yeah. Just the versatility of it is just is just fantastic that you can just like as well i've i've been carrying a couple of times like slings with different sized pouches because in finland there are really really good sling stones but a lot of them are like buried so it's usually Mm. just a lot smaller ones that are actually on the surface yeah so i have a sling that has a much smaller pouch which is really good to just have on me just in case i find somewhere that i can sling and it, it won't matter that it's like some tiny little stone i can still send it flying so 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 you need to carry a shovel with you as well to get the good rocks yeah i probably should get i should get one of those folding like trench tool type things just just dig up some and and it's finland so you might also need an ice pick (laughs) yeah well at the moment yes it's incredibly icy out there at the moment but yeah that's true. <laughs> I definitely don't have that problem in Texas, but uh, most of the rock where I am is limestone or uh, or mm. chert, and it's not not nearly as uniform. And lots of jagged rocks that are uh, not as dense, so they're not as great for slinging. But there's a few out here. So, um, you know, knife throwing. I I think knife throwing is uh, uh, compared to slinging is almost as versatile in that you can pick up anything and throw it, you know, anything that has a, an edge or a point to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can throw. And the great thing about slinging is, is anything that fits in the pouch you can launch, even if it's you know, a throwing knife. Mm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's one interesting comparison. There aren't a lot of other uh, projectile sports that, uh, that are as versatile where you can you have with a knife throwing you can control the spin you can control the uh, the rotation in line with the knife mm. uh, you, know, you there's a lot of different things that that you can play around with with knife throwing and uh, you know, the sling is I don't know if you can control it as directly but you have as many degrees of freedom yes. but uh, let's let's go back to our uh, knife versus sling for a second here and talk about self defense. I think uh, everyone acknowledges that neither one would be recommended in a street fight. Nope. <laughs> but uh, if you had to have a uh, a weapon, would you rather have a sling or a throwing knife? Just swinging um, a piece of cord, uh, something like that, could be efficient, I'd say. But if I really have to um, to stop someone, I would definitely use my knife. I'm very. That's what I train knife throwing, basically. Um, I have a very tactical approach, uh, very self-defense. Um, I come from martial arts also. So um, standing at three, four meters, definitely use a knife. But in the end, the guy the guy would be like in a really bad shape. And that's not what I really want. So maybe having a sling on me, uh, just like swinging, swinging it around, um, it might be the best solution. I don't know. Well, and I think uh, from a from a philosophical standpoint, you know, the best way uh, to get out of a fight is to not get in one. 
Yep. Everyone would agree with that. I agree. I agree. If, yeah. if if you're fighting at distances that where a sling is good, you're probably better off walking the other direction. Exactly. Yep. So so sling sling really doesn't make sense except possibly in more of a warfare type of setting rather than mm-hmm. a a street fight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I have thought though with with a sling, particularly if if it's made for this, like because I've caught myself like with the end where it's like whipped me, and that hurts. Like so, if you did manage to like flick a sling into some, and also the crack actually, like if you if you like with some of the slings I have, if you really crack it, I think most people would kind of sort of at the very least be distracted, if not sort of be a bit sort of discouraged. So uh, there may might be something to that as well. With a, you can't really make a loud noise that attracts attention with a knife. I think it's going to depend on how committed your attacker is. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because, yeah, a, a a little sting or you know a little bit of pain like the sting of a whip or uh, a a loud crack might deter an uncommitted attacker. But if you have someone who's determined to do you harm, then basically at that point you're talking about using the the sling like a bullwhip yeah and a, a bullwhip is not known to stop anybody you know it's kind of by definition a non-lethal weapon yeah but it might make you go the other way yeah it, it would certainly be a good deterrent if someone uh it would it get someone's attention for sure so it, i think it really depends on the situation depends on your adversary at that point whereas a knife is is clearly more lethal at at those distances yeah, because people have that that representation that a knife can be, but if you if you go with a sling, just like tracking it, there's some difference. Right. The other possible answer would be why not both, and then then at that point you have a, uh, a <laughs> kung fu rope dart, right? Yep. <laughs> it would certainly look cool. I'm not sure it would be a practical self defense unless you've spent years practicing those probably just as likely to hurt yourself and as soon as you hurt yourself then it stops looking cool so (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure two of my children have gotten into this habit where they'll look at each other across the the dinner table and kind of start fussing at each other and and then uh one of them will hit himself in the head as if he is uh hitting his brother in effigy and they, they start hitting themselves as if they're hitting each other. And it's like they're getting in a fist fight across the table. <laughs> uh, it, it, I think it would be kind of like that. Well, yeah, I, I saw that you, you've put on this list of knife versus sling looking cool, um, which I, I, I wasn't quite sure of what, what that would mean. But actually, yeah, now that you talk about it, throwing knives do have in society and culture that sort of they do look cool, like <laughs> whereas slinging doesn't really have that same sort of uh, cool aspect to it necessarily. So that, that is kind of an interesting thing to note that there is that difference between them. That slinging hasn't quite quite got that same level um, for whatever reason. So that's something we should probably work on. I think you know, with with Lurk now throwing knives, slinging and slinging throwing knives, that's kind of helping slinging out a bit in the cool factor. Well, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think Loic also uh, mm. did a uh, repetition of the, the wet tennis ball throw, which I thought looked pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. That was, uh, I, I was flattered that you, you decided to replicate that. That was, uh, so, so for those who aren't on Instagram, I was I think I started out throwing wet tennis balls uh, just because I went outside and was slinging after the rain or something. And I noticed that you can see the spray coming off the ball. Uh-huh. And yep. so I started doing it on purpose and noticed that you can actually control the, uh, or I don't know, sometimes you can control or sometimes you're just, just looking at the orientation of the spin of the ball. So if you get a good rifled spin where it's spinning like a bullet, then you get this really nice spiral spray coming off of the ball, which which I think looks really cool. Well, I do too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, when I when I actually saw your video, I was like, uh, I'm going outside and I'm doing this. See that that's the sort of thing that we need in the slinging community. Is we need we need things that that people see visually and say, I've got to try that. Exactly. Yep. With, with knives, I think it's easy, a little easier because you've got this this object and you can see it spinning. And then when you get a good throw, it sticks and it just it's kind of uh, uh, jarring or shocking to see this thing rotating and then it suddenly stops. 
and you get this nice real nice sound and a nice visual contrast when it just goes thunk into the target and there's something very satisfying about that i know it's certainly satisfying when you're the one throwing it yeah exactly whether it's a knife or an axe or a throwing star or uh, a screwdriver and one thing that changed for me when i when i received the the one from Channing, um the uh, kevlar bullwhip uh, at the end of the sling which made that cracking sound yeah that was just awesome and when i go outside uh, we have uh, lots of rivers uh, here and um there's um during the summer there's always tons of people just swimming and um i wasn't on the riverbeds and i was just slinging and then a bunch of kids uh, just came along and, and asked me what I was doing. And um, the thing they loved uh, was the cracking sound of it. Uh, that's why they wanted to uh, to actually uh, do it. Yeah, the uh, the cracker on the end of the sling, it, it works just like a bullwhip. Yep. And uh, mm. it was a long time. I was slinging for, for quite a while before I could get a consistent crack, which I think just, had, just tells you that my, my sling – crackers weren't designed very well when i first started making slings but um mm. once you start getting that repetitive crack it's really good feedback on your throw too you, yeah you don't even it's it's at the subconscious level but you're you're getting a lot of extra information by hearing that crack when you sling well like with the last um sling competition in ibiza like because there was there's usually quite a lot of waiting around for your turn to go up to the target like people would just be hanging around talking and like comparing slings and all sorts um but like like with the last time and it's happened before as well it, it there's at some point there's usually like a competition for cracking <laughs> that we all just sort of start off like showing how how loud we can crack crack these slings and um <laughs> there's one that i got from iran um from uh ali uh i now can't remember his instagram uh, name but he's not he's on instagram he's pretty easy to find if you search for slinging and um he makes amazing slings these really beautiful ones but the one that he that i got from him it cracks really loud and people were already sort of cracking the slings at the back of the hall that we were in uh during the competition and then i brought that one out cracked it and everyone was <laughs> like turning around and looking and everyone started coming over and like wanting to try and <laughs> out outdo each other with cracking so that is a sort of an interesting thing about it as well that you can really get people involved by just making a loud noise because making loud noises is quite fun so <laughs> yeah that's true well and i i'm always fascinated by just imagining what it would be like in an ancient warfare setting if you have mm. a whole bunch of slingers that are all slinging stones every one of those cracks is a deadly projectile flying at you and that would be very intimidating at a time before firearms existed, you still have that same supersonic crack and things flying at you in warfare back thousands of years. We we think of that as being unique to firearms, but it's really not. I do think it just it would be so interesting to get like a group, a really large group of people all slinging at the one target, just to see and put a camera down range and see what it's like. Because yeah, it yeah. it would have been absolutely terrifying. I'm I'm sure, like because. Um, I've done some slinging, uh, recently, uh, at someone that was wearing, like, a protective, uh, helmet and a shield. And I was using very safe ammo. It was, like, very soft. So they were, they were in no danger at all. But what was interesting was that as, as soon as I slung it, all of this person's training, because they've been training doing, like, fighting with an axe and shield and sword and shield, um, like for years all of their training went completely out the window as they threw up their shield to desperately try and block this thing and duck down and like you could see that even with a lot of training just having something flying directly at your face is like can put you off so having like 200 300 rocks or something flying at you i can't even imagine what that would be like it'd be awful like <laughs> that would be terrifying yep they're also very hard to see. Yeah. yeah. You know, a rock is, is a lot more difficult to see than something like a spear or an arrow or a knife. Yeah, they just move so fast. They're moving fast. They're small. Yeah, it would. it's a fairly formidable. You know, in a warfare setting, I definitely think that the sling is a formidable weapon. It's just not something that we experience or come across in our daily lives in modern cultures. Thankfully, in some ways. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Yeah, that's it's not something that I... I 
particularly wish for. <laughs> um, okay, I think we've we've checked our our blood and guts for the uh, for the episode. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Loic, you recently got a dog. I saw on Instagram. Yep. Uh, do you use the sling for for fetching with the dog? Uh, yeah, but uh, I really have to do it slow because it's when I try to sling slow, it goes actually so fast. <laughs> And um, my, my dog is still a puppy, so uh, it's just like uh, looking at me swinging that thing around, and as soon as I release the ball, it just goes too fast. So I'm just like uh, swinging it around once, and I just let it go, but I'm not really swinging. And if I, <laughs> the the times when I am when I sling a, like a, a rock. She's trying to uh, to to retrieve it, but it's, it's way too far. <laughs> I've had that as well. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you've you've focused uh, in, in your knife throwing on maximizing your power on the throw. Yeah, and so I, I can see how that would be a challenge to to force yourself to to throw with very little power on purpose. It takes a complete change in mindset. That's funny because now that I have all that muscle memory, when I when I teach people that comes over to my house, uh, when I just try to show them uh, how a no-spin work, I try to do it like really slow, just like brushing the spine of the knife, just slightly with my index finger, and usually uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> my knife doesn't, doesn't stick at all. So I really have to um, put a little intent into it, and but it's, it's just way too fast for someone to see, uh, especially if you're at like, two three meters so throwing slowly is really challenging for me and same thing for slinging i I can't when i when i film myself and just try to control my my tennis balls and i just watch myself i'm like dude you're throwing just too fast and i think that i'm not but i when i see myself on my smartphone i'm like ah this is too fast I, i just it's hard for me to um, to not sling fast. Yeah, well, and because timing is is the most critical thing in slinging accurately. Yeah, it's really hard to to sling slower and then still maintain the same accuracy on a target. Yeah, the human body is functioning; the, you know, all your muscles are functioning the same way. So if you're trying to to maintain the same timing sequence, uh, but just slower, it's it doesn't quite translate to body movements you have to completely retrain yourself to sling slow versus fast yeah definitely so knife throwing i've i've done a few instagram posts throwing knives now and they seem to be uh far more popular than slinging uh why do you think that uh that knife throwing is is so much more popular when you say knife people know what a knife is that's it when i'm slinging people just come at me and say what the hell is that and I'm like, you know, David and Goliath. Oh yeah. <laughs> and actually, in in, in French, uh, a sling is called a fronde, and it's usually um, mistaken with um, slingshots. Right. It's not the same word, but when you show uh, people uh, a slingshot in French, they will say, "Oh, it's a sling. It's a fronde." So people just mistake those two words, those those two objects, those two we- uh, those two weapons. It's really not the same. So uh, that really translates the um, the idea that slinging is not popular because people just don't know it. And for anybody listening who uh, hasn't already heard it, our last episode to drop uh, before recording this was uh, with Fowler from Fowler's Makery and Mischief talking specifically about that topic. It does seem to keep coming up, and it's not just in French. The There's that problem in English as well, that people will confuse slings and slingshots. Uh, even though, from a mechanics perspective, they're completely different. It's even worse in because in, in, in English it's sling and slingshot. In French, it's two completely different words. It, it is interesting that they keep getting mixed up in so many different languages and so many different places. Like, I really don't understand how that happened. Is it just because they originally? I guess because they both were originally sort of throwing stones, so then they just that's how it came about. But it's really odd. <laughs> well, I, I think that's also part of the charm of slinging, though, is the fact that it's it's the best kept secret out there in terms of uh, projectile launching. It's 
so easy for anybody to get started with it and to go and make their own sling or or pick up a sling or make something from materials that are lying around and yet people don't do it and once once you discover it it it's amazing but it yeah it, it's very strange how how it's so just goes unnoticed by most people and then when they try it everybody loves it exactly yeah I've been racking my brain for years to figure out why that is, but the sling has kind of been the underdog of the the weapons world. Well, for for as long as the sling's been around, basically all of human history, mm. it's it's had effects in battles. It's been uh, a tool for shepherds. It's been uh, a very useful thing for humanity, and yet historians barely even notice it. Mm. And then today in society, people. Have you like you said? You're out swinging, and and people say, "What are you doing?" When you're out throwing a knife, everybody knows knows you're throwing a knife. The other day, I was um, I was by a, a cornfield, and um, there's this guy just walking by, and uh, so he asked me what I was doing, and um, so I told him about those things, what it was, David and Goliath, blah blah blah, and um, when I said the word weapon, uh, he told me, "Why would you use that when you have firearms?" <laughs> that guy was just seeing this ancient tool uh, just be useless today, and I was just having fun. I was just having fun, yeah. right? Throwing rocks, and that's it. What are you doing this? Oh, I'm doing this because I, I just like to throw things. That's it. Oh, well, it's useless. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> that that was really that, that that conversation was really weird. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, you could say the same thing about throwing knives or axes or javelins, uh, you know, almost or or a bow and arrow, right? You could say the same. You could make the same argument. Why would you ever want to shoot a bow and arrow when you could just go get a gun? Exactly. That's the thing that really I really like about slinging is that it has, like I was saying before, that aspect of feeling like that you can get better at it. That it's something that's a skill to learn. Okay, yeah. So I don't I don't need to go and march against the the enemies of rome or anything like that to, i'm not going to actually ever use a sling i don't think i don't think I, i'd even ever use it for hunting or in a survival situation hopefully but um just having something that you're then training for is a good thing generally i think so it's it's why i i recommend it to people it's certainly a good tool for personal development yeah just learning learning how to control your own body and the biomechanics and i do think that transfers to other sports i mean the fact that loic could come in and uh, after years of practicing throwing could immediately adapt to slinging and and have the kind of power and accuracy that that you have all you know, so quickly with slinging uh that is rare i think that most people do not jump into slinging with with the level of skill that you have yeah, it's it's weird because uh, I'm sorry, but I find playing very easy, N not in terms of accuracy, but just the the whole movement, the the the, the mechanics of it. Uh, I think it's very easy. No disrespect, <laughs> none no, taken. No. Well, so I kind of feel like uh, a lot of people do approach singing with this attitude that it's hard or that accuracy is impossible. And it, I feel the same way, you know, coming from a background of engineering and physics, I feel like people have a similar attitude toward mathematics, where people will say over and over again, math is hard. Mm. And guess what? When that's your attitude going in, it is hard. If you just, if you keep telling yourself that, then it's probably true. But if you give it a chance and actually try it, and you're willing to put a little bit of work into it and enjoy the process, then it's not hard. It's, it may be a challenge. Mm -hmm it's a challenge to be overcome, not a barrier to stop you from progressing. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it might be that I know for myself, I'm, I'm probably never going to be the number one slinger in the world, but it's all the, uh, the journey, not the destination. And that's because you keep telling yourself that. Well, you say it, but I, I have been to the competitions and I've seen those other people slinging. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not so interested in being the best in the world. It's, it's the journey, not the destination. It's, you know, I, I enjoy the practice. I enjoy going out and slinging. So, you know, whether I hit the target or not, <laughs> every time is less important in some ways. But I think, I, I just think slinging is, is a fun activity. Like, like you were saying, like, like, you know, it doesn't have to have a specific purpose. It can just be for fun. Yeah. 
Well, so, so it looks like we've been going at this for about an hour now. So I, I do want to respect your time, Loic. If you need to go, uh, feel free to jump off, but uh, you're welcome to stick around and keep talking. I'm having fun. I'm off today. Uh, I just have nothing to do. It's like, it's 1 p.m. here. It's sunny. <laughs> Perfect. I'm okay. all good. I can stay. Well, nothing to do except go outside and, and sling. <laughs> and I received today a shout out to Channing. He sent me a micro sling. Uh, that that you can wrap it around your wrist and it's just awesome. I just uh, flung a tiny, tiny rock uh, this morning when I received it and it's just awesome. Channing makes, uh, he's a friend of the show. We've had him on a couple times now and uh, he makes very, very good slings. Uh, he, he puts a lot of heart and soul into every sling that he makes. I love them. I love them. I was really amazed to see uh, how... Um, dedicated he is to, to slinging in general is making so many videos and I'm, I'm just respect respect that guy is awesome is the sweetest he sent me tons of stuff for free and i just thank you channing if you're listening to me he's been really great for the singing community he's he's relatively new to to the community at large i think he he probably took the bel Air islands by storm last year uh, kind of came out of nowhere. He really did, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're excited to see how that uh, how that plays out. But that was the that was the other thing I wanted to say because you sort of first found out about something from the guys in Guam who have also been really like pushing hard um, for Sling to be recognised because of the culture over there. They're kind of rebuilding a lot of the culture that was lost from colonial occupation. Yeah. So they're kind of rediscovering those native sort of skills and it's it's really amazing to see how much progress they've made in only a few years like in the fact that they are so far away from everywhere else really that they've managed to have so much of an impact it's it's really cool to see i i actually didn't even know guam i saw um the the cultural approach to uh the slinging and that's what that's what i loved about it that is something that is uh that slinging does, I think, more than a lot of other, uh, even things like a bow and arrow. Sling can is an interesting way to connect with the past because it's it's literally the same thing that uh, people were doing thousands of years ago. Mm. There's been very few changes really for to slinging since it was first invented. I mean, there's new materials, but like it's. Like with a bow, you can change the materials and you can change the, you know, you can have a compound bow, which greatly increases the strength. But with a sling, it still comes down to the person using it. It doesn't matter if they're using paracord or, you know, a natural fiber or anything. It's it's mm. still very much the individual more so than with other sort of sports. So. That's what I was about to ask, because uh, I only have paracord uh, slings. So I just wanted to uh, ask you guys if... Uh... If there is any difference in the material used uh, when slinging. We might have to fix that. <laughs> we, we may have to, to figure out how to get you a non-paracord sling to uh, to compare for yourself. That's kind of the interesting thing is that it, it, there are some differences, but it's more about how long the sling will last. Um, uh, okay. Usually, like there, there can sometimes be differences in, in how it acts, like how quickly it opens all the very sort of minor things but like with like with most most things in slinging all those minor things then add up to making big changes so it, it would be interesting actually see see you get hold of a natural one. i think we'll have to try and work on that <laughs> see if we see what we can get together it's good to me <laughs> yeah i i've always argued that the the slinger matters significantly more than the sling but there there can be some big differences from sling to sling my go-to sling is a very, very simple leather pouch with a single piece of uh, not 550, but uh, 425, which is a slightly smaller type of paracord. Okay. So I, when I sling with, with my really simple paracord and leather pouch and then try to jump over to Channing's, which is a, a four-strand, very tightly braided paracord uh, cord, it's much stiffer, it's heavier, and it, it slings dramatically different from how my sling would uh would sling mm. so there there is a big difference I, I think the material itself doesn't uh uh doesn't drive that so much as the way it's put together though okay 
And I, I've noticed Channing, Channing designed his to behave very much like the traditional Balearic Island slings, the Balearic sling, which is a very stiff braided, tightly braided natural fiber normally. And his, uh, his paracord slings are designed to mimic that. Okay. Okay. I do have uh, one Balearic sling from uh shout out to Iron Goober who, uh, who made me a, a natural fiber Balearic sling. And his slings very very similar, very very well made, uh, beautiful sling. Uh, slings very similar to Channing's. Yeah, I've I've seen it. It looks great. I just got one recently actually from him, uh, so I haven't had a chance to try it out. But yeah, it 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 it, it does have that sort of Balearic feel of. They do usually have very sort of quite thick cords. That are, the whole sling is quite heavy. Which, when I first started out, I was making these really thin, like split pouches, which still worked okay. But I, th- I do think sometimes the weight of a sling can affect it as well. It can, yeah. But th- that's all like very sort of minor, uh, granular sort of stuff that is kind of hard to talk about with any sort of authority because it's not. None of these things have really been properly fully tested, and it's all very individual. So, yeah, it's hard to say what's better and what's worse necessarily well and i think a lot of it depends on the ammo that you're using yes very much yeah so so the the belly arc slings are i think really well suited to throwing you know 200 300 gram stones fairly heavy and then the weight of the sling and the stiffness of the sling is not as important if you're trying to throw something like a uh a 30 gram greek lead gland yeah then uh i think that your sling might uh, need to be designed a little bit differently because the it the ammo weighs so much less that the weight of the sling versus the weight of the ammo starts to matter. Oof. But then again, I don't know. I I don't know what the Greek slings looked like or how they because certainly the Romans used Balearic slingers and Roman lead glands were on the order of uh, twenty to sixty grams as well. Yeah, there's it's they're surprisingly light. A lot of those lead lead glands. I so recently there was one that was 17 grams, which is really, really light for throwing. Like, it almost gets to, like, the point where I, I would feel, I'd be start getting worried that I'd actually hurt myself trying to throw something so small that's got so little weight to it. You kind of, like, I don't know. That all comes down to technique as well, so. Mercer was on uh, Discord this morning. Is he, are you still there, Mercer? It looks like he's gone. Yeah, so I, I learned from him. He he was on a journey to try and, and uh, break a distance record with his sling, and he went with a very, very lightweight, dense ammunition choice. And I was surprised by how lightweight he went. And also, the same thing when we, when we talked about uh, slinging for distance last year, the weight of the ammunition for the world records for slinging was much lighter than I expected. And what was the record for distance? Oh, we're gonna have to dust off those brain cells. Um, <laughs> slinging world record. Let's see. Um, yes, there was one that you that was uh, four hundred thirty-seven uh, meters, a uh, point ten me- meters, uh. and that was using a fifty-two gram stone by Larry Bray uh, in nineteen eighty-one in Utah. Um, there was one that's a little bit longer, but I, that was like using a special dart and release point, And I, I basically don't count that. <laughs> like it was cheating, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So uh, it was only a 57 gram stone. Was it 57? Oh no. 52 grams. Yeah. I think the other one was, was on par with that as well. It was, yeah. Even the dart was, was in the 60 gram range. I thought. Yes, it was there. They are quite like, like considering I usually use around, I, I usually say 150 to 170 grams is my usual size stone. It varies a lot, but that's about my regular use. So yeah, 52 grams is quite light. And then like we we're saying, they could be very small little lead gland days that we used. So yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, that's one of the things that, uh, I, I don't think I have a really good grasp on, but that I've been pondering for a while is, you know, the human body, human muscles are very strong, but slow. And adding the length of a sling allows you to convert a very strong, slow motion into a weaker, but faster motion. It's a transmission system. Yep. Um, so it seems like 
the the right weight for for a human body you know to to throw something and and put all of that muscle into making your projectile go is in that one to 300 gram range it seems to resonate the best with with just your natural ability to throw mm-hmm. and yet all these ancient slingers are using things that are way lighter than that and it makes me think that there must be some sort of biomechanic technique that allows you to put the energy into a, a smaller mass and and get more velocity instead of more oomph out of launching a heavy thing. Uh-huh. And that that's where, um, by studying pitching mechanics, um, portions of the lower half. Right. So here's a question for you. If you're throwing a really lightweight knife, do you have to change up your techniques? Uh, it's a hard question because um, it's basically the same all the time, but you have to make some adjustments, um, especially when you increase your distance. Uh, I won't throw the same way that I throw, a, I would say, like um, 250 grams, which is medium average uh, weight of a toy knife. But if I throw like uh, 150 grams, it's not the same because... Uh, the weight of the knife would drastically change during fight path at a certain distance. So you really have to um, adjust and not push as hard with a light knife. But basically, the movements are the same. You, you just not put as much effort into it with a light knife. Right, yeah. So you're with a heavy knife, you're getting some pushback from the mass of the knife that you're accelerating. Yeah. And with a lighter knife, you don't get that pushback. So if you try to go through the same motion and put the same energy into the muscles, you're ti- you're going to throw off your timing. Exactly, yep. Because you're, you're going to get ahead of yourself, and then the release versus the motion is going to be off. And I, the same thing is true with the sling. But I, in the back of my mind, I have this feeling that there may be some way to train the timing of slinging to get maximum velocity out of a lightweight projectile because of the, the extra length of that sling where you are whipping it around and getting getting a lot of velocity without needing a 300 gram mass pushing back against your arm. But I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the mechanics would be to do that, but it seems like ancient slingers had this somehow figured out. So it, it's one of my personal challenges is to figure that figure out how to sling really lightweight ammo with the kind of velocities that, that they were getting in Rome. What I'd say all the time is with my whole body and, and really my lower half is really, really important. And when I throw, um, I usually throw uh, light knives, lighter knives than most people. And um, I really, really use my, my legs, my hips, and um, I engage them like before my arm my whole body became like a, a bullwhip, which the last vector is my arm and my fingers, the pronation of my wrist. That's what creates the velocity in the end. I saw about that. It's like, it's like the kinetic chain that you, yeah. you have from your lower half up to the, what you're releasing. And that's why the sling works is that it increases that, that chain. So you get more power than you would just by throwing something. So, and, and people get injured in knife throwing because they usually throw only with their arms. They, they're like super static. They're just standing there like uh, front foot on the line and they're just pulling their arm back and they just throw. But by doing that, they, they're like using a ton of um, a ton of shoulder and elbow that, that goes in front of them and they're actually not using their legs and that's why they create uh, injuries. Yeah. Uh, to the elbow. The same is true with slinging. Yeah. Especially uh, distance slingers in particular, they're trying to push that that extra distance and they will, everyone I know who has really tried to push distance slinging at some point ends up hurting their arm or their shoulder. So yeah, if we sort of wrap this up then, I guess. Um, Thank you very much, Loic, for coming on and being here. It's been great talking to you about all these things all these things it's great that we've managed to get someone on that really knows biomechanics and sort of that side of things it's it's something that doesn't get as much talk about i think in slinging and slinging in, in reverse doesn't get much talk about in biomechanics so it's quite interesting to have those sorts of conversations well thank you for having me it was it was great 
you can see the the time pass. So uh, yeah, same, same. that's it's, a good. Uh, it's gone quick. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, but yeah. Well, you're welcome anytime back on the show if you at some point. Uh, oh. I don't know. We can come to us with any topic. I'm sure, and we'll we'll have you on. It's been great talking to you. Perfect. Perfect. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Lark. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so so now we've had a, a knife thrower and a slingshot guy on, uh, you know. So eventually, if we get enough different uh, projectile weapon people, we're just going to have to have a big battle royale of uh, sling versus everything else, and bring bring them all back. Uh, that would yeah. be an interesting one to edit if they're all coming on at one time. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm only mentioning that because you're the one who does most of the editing. For yeah, the show. great, great. <laughs> okay, but. I think we'll, uh, we'll leave that for another day. Um, so thank you again and, uh, catch you next time. Catch you later. Cue the outro. Uh, oh, you know what, Kick? Uh, is there anything we want to talk about? Any, uh, housekeeping that we want to throw into the episode? Um, uh, upcoming things, anything like that? Uh, slinging world news? Uh, we've got quite a few interesting guests lined up. Uh, we've, had lurk of course uh but we have quite a few other people in the works that we're working towards getting recorded um and history as well we've got quite some quite interesting topics on that but again if you've if anyone out there has got anything they want us to talk about then uh send it on over and we'll we'll uh definitely take a look yeah either look us up on instagram it's uh, at catch underscore this underscore podcast or you can email us at feedback at catch this podcast.com okay and i guess now we can cue the outro thanks for listening you can find us online at catch this podcast.com on the sling.org forum on youtube and at catch underscore this underscore podcast on instagram music by wintergarten catch you next time